Welcome to Better World Boston. My name is Soumya Ganapathy and I will be your host. I hope you're doing really well. For this podcast episode, I will be speaking with Kate Patterson, who is a professional organizer and an opera singer in the Boston area. She has a lovely YouTube channel called The Organized Soprano, where she shares organizing and lifestyle tips. I have definitely learned a few things from her channel, so I'm very excited to be speaking with her today. Hi, Kate. Thanks so much for coming on. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got interested in what you're doing, both as a professional organizer as well as your singing career? Um, yeah, <laughs> my name is Kay, and I'm a professional organizer and uh, a classical singer. And how I got into uh, singing was not an accident. I, I was a, a vocal major in college as well as grad school. I got two degrees in classical vocal performance, but I ended up um, organizing people's homes for a living because I needed a job and got a job at the container store and fell in love with helping people by organizing products and then fell in love with helping people organize their spaces. I didn't even know that was a thing that people got paid for. I had no idea that it was a career. And when I found out, I was like, well, I could probably help people do that. And I explored it. And I've been helping people for, I think, gosh, maybe eight years now. And it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's really cool. The Container Store it's like a cool place to visit. It must have been pretty nice to work there as well. It was really fun. I I, I had a hard time not spending like my entire paycheck back <laughs> in the store. You know, every two weeks when they would pay me, but um, it was a it it was a really fun place to work. It was kind of like working at Disneyland if you love you know organizing products. <laughs> it's like it's the Disneyland of organizing products and inspiration. So we it was a lot of fun, and actually the company culture at uh, TCS is usually what we call it. is is actually pretty good, um, and it's uh, it's it was a very happy place to work. That's awesome. That's really good to know. If someone is new to organizing, um, it, it can be intimidating. Do you have any tips of where somebody should start? I always recommend that you start organizing in a small space that is bothering you the least. So you have, you know, the least frustration and you have the least sort of anxiety going into this place. It's, let's say that, you know, maybe your junk drawer in your kitchen has been bothering you, but it's not like top of mind because you don't look at it all the time. It, but if you start there, it, it's going to be the easiest place for you to start. So I always recommend that people start in a small place that they're not really emotionally attached to so that they can build up that good momentum to get to some of the harder stuff, like say a closet or some, you know, stuff that has more sentimental value. Got it. Yeah. I was just wondering, I know for me, when a place is organized, it just makes me feel very calm. Has there mm. been any uh, research done around having an organized space and maybe less anxiety or more calmness or more mental clarity? There has. Um, it's, it's, it's not, I don't think it's entirely consistent, but the general consensus is that the less visual stimuli there is around you, and that can be uh, what some people interpret as clutter, uh, the more 
you know, focused and the less anxiety you feel. Um, but th there is a caveat that everyone's clutter sort of lens is different and that everyone's tolerance for an, a, a certain amount of clutter is different. So some level of organization that may be okay with you could be either really disorganized to someone else or seem really sterile to the next person. So um, there, and there actually are some studies that say some slight disorganization on a desk is helpful for people who are in creative fields, but it, there's some like really sweet spot, you know, it's not like a lot of clutter, but it's not like a completely serene, sterile surface either. So um, you, you kind of have have to work with what your what your mind and body is telling you. So, um, but there, yes, there are some studies that show that if you know your house is an organized and functional space, that you're you know you can be less stressed um, because the average American or the average person spends about fifty five minutes a day looking for things throughout the day. You know, this is like five minutes there, ten minutes there, thirty minutes there. Um, that's a lot of wasted time, um, and so any way you can find to get that 55 minutes back is going to help no matter, you know, how disorganized or how kind of cluttered up I think your space is to whoever. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And are there any mistakes people make when they try to organize or declutter? Uh, yes, there are a ton of things that people do when they're attempting to organize their space that can be unhelpful. The first one I recognize a lot is when people love to go out shopping. I mean, the container store is a really fun place, right? <laughs> like things, uh, <laughs> stores like the container store, Marshalls, Ikea, um, you know, place and Muji, places that sell organization products is so much fun to go and shop. But I always encourage people to make this the last step in their process because I see a lot of people come. And when I was working there, I see people come, come to the store and say that they were going to organize their closet, but they were going to buy all this stuff first. And I was like, no, man, you got to declutter your stuff first and organize it first because uh, you end up with, you know, some problems. You can end up with things that either A, don't fit, uh, you bought too much stuff, or uh, the stuff you you bought organizing products for things you're not going to keep <laughs> because you haven't decluttered this space. So um, that is, I think, the number one misstep people make when they go to organize spaces. Um, I think number two is people don't really engage in that first declutter step, which I think is the most important. Um, and that can be a really tricky step because that step usually involves things leaving your home and what happens to those items after they leave your home can be a really um, a sticking point. That can be a real sticking point for some people, especially in, in terms of environmental impact um, or, or also sentimental impact. They want to make sure that the items are not going into landfill or they want to make sure that the items are, you know, having a, a better second home. Um, and my advice is always to just do do the best job you can, um, but make sure that that doesn't stop you from actually doing that declutter step because that's a really important first step. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think now with the pandemic, it's harder to um, donate items. What I've done is I've just put some stuff for free on Craigslist mm -hmm. and people have taken it, but there's no place um, where you can donate I guess goodwill are they accepting items they or? are I mean it's it's it has become much more difficult since the pandemic to donate because of a couple of different reasons because we had a, a you know a massive shutdown at the beginning and you know things just weren't open and then when people 
started going to places again, there wasn't enough turnover of those items in order for companies to accept (laughs) donations again, you know, there's just wasn't enough turnover. And so it, it, it just, it did become a lot harder to donate and, um, you know, find second homes for items. But the most, um, I I feel like the most helpful thing to do is to do what you've done is to like just post things on sites like Craigslist. Free Cycle is one of my favorite ones. Um, I think Let Go is now uh, another. I think they changed their name to another website. I forgot what it was. (laughs) Um, But that one's a really good one too. And you don't, and um, what I love to tell people is that the don't focus on making a profit on items that you are trying to get rid of because they've perhaps, you know, gained all of the monetary value that you're going to get out of them in the time that you've actually owned it. And unless it's something like a diamond ring or, um, you know, a royal crown or some really expensive electronic equipment, it's probably not worth it to try and sell it. I would just, you know, see who's going to be willing to take it and give it a second life. It's, It's way better off with someone else and being used than in your house, just collecting dust and stressing you out. No, absolutely. And you know, one thing, Kate, I always wonder is when would someone need to work with an organizer or when would they realize that they need help? Is Are there any um, criteria you would use I, to yeah. engage that? Yeah, I think the, the point in which people usually realize and, and, and which they call me is when they are, the, the idea of doing it themselves is so anxiety provoking that they, that they need help. Um, and the other instance is the, the situation in which you want to do the thing, but you can't get the motivation by yourself to do the thing. And I liken this, um, to having a personal trainer at the gym, right? Everyone wants to be able to like put their shoes on. I mean, in non-pandemic times, put their shoes on, put their workout clothes on and roll over to the gym and do like a 45 minute workouts, you know, sweat to the oldies, like just be really proud of themselves. But sometimes I would look at my shoes and I'm like, you know what? I'll do that tomorrow. I will do that tomorrow. (laughs) So um, in order to make myself accountable, I hired a personal trainer to, you know, set an appointment with, and it was, it was on me to show up at that appointment or I would lose, you know, however much money I, you know, deposited to be with her at that time, you know, for my own general health. So um, I often find that I am a good motivator and someone who holds others accountable <laughs> in there getting organized. And sometimes I'm there just to be a cheerleader. And uh, at first when I was starting organizing, that was really hard for me to accept because I just, I didn't, I couldn't believe people were, you know, having me there just to you know, cheer them on. Uh, I felt like I was cheating them in some kind of way, but that is, uh, in in a sense, a real important role for some people. And um, it's it's just it keeps everybody on track. And I, I do think that it's valuable. Yeah, I think it's valuable just because sometimes the motivation is key, and if someone's not motivated, then nothing's going to get Absolutely. done. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go tomorrow. I'll go to the yeah. gym tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. And you know, with the holidays coming up, I feel like a lot of people are going to be around the kitchen and the dining room, probably much smaller scale now, but still there's probably going to be more cooking. Do you have any suggestions for 
how to keep a more organized kitchen during a holiday season? Um, well, the kitchen and well, there are some spaces in the home where I designate as super dynamic spaces and the kitchen is one of them. Um, and the kitchen and the entryway are the two, I feel like most dynamic spaces in your house because there are things leaving and coming into those spaces all the time. Like you're coming in your house and you're taking off your coat and you put it in your closet and you're taking off your shoes and then you're taking a purse and leaving, you know, it's just, it's very, it's very chaotic. So my main advice when people organize their kitchens or try to keep an organized the whole kitchen refrigerator thing is to do it more often than you think it needs to be or uh, kept orderly. Just sure. check in a little more often, especially with the refrigerator, because uh, especially if you don't live alone, if you live with like, you know, three other people or, <laughs> or four other people, there yeah. are a lot of little grabby hands going in and out of the refrigerator. Um, so like a, a once a week check-in at least is going to be really helpful for you just to keep on top of it. Cause these dynamic spaces can be, very chaotic if not dealt um, with more often. Yeah, I think that definitely makes sense. And um, first of all, I love your YouTube channel. Um, I, I think it's great. I love that it's oh, uh, a Bostonian <laughs> who um, who's doing all this. And, and I think in Boston and the greater Boston area, there are small spaces. It's not like we have huge spaces. Mm -hmm. So um, I appreciate how um, your channel caters to that as well. I was wondering though, do you have any other shows or um, any other channels that you watch when it comes to organizing? When it comes to organizing, I watch a couple of other channels. There's a, a really great lady out of Canada called Clutterbug, uh, who is just amazing. I watch her channel sometimes, um, but I tend to steer over to uh, clean my space a lot because okay. it's a channel just about cleaning and I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> um, and um, the woman that is uh, the star of the channel is actually a really nice lady called Melissa. She has a, her own business and um, she has a cleaning business and ironically hates to clean, but is <laughs> a cleaning expert. And I am obsessed with her cleaning tips. I think she is brilliant. And um, it's, it's pretty fascinating that she's sort of changed my idea about um, the need or the non-need for specialty cleaners, you know, like that, okay. like wood polish and all that other stuff. Like a lot of stuff you can just get done with like water and all-purpose cleaner and it's amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. We should definitely check her out. Definitely. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about your singing career? I know it's different now with the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, but if you can maybe point out some of your favorite places that you've performed around Boston or some of your favorite shows that you've performed in. Mm, yeah. Uh, so I have, well, I, after grad school, I didn't sing for a long time, like seven years. Cause I, I had some, um, issues with imposter syndrome. I know that a lot of people go through that stuff where they think like, Oh, I can't do, or I'm going to be found out as a fraud. So I just kind of just didn't sing for a while. And then, uh, I decided to just give it a go. And I, it turned out that I had a lot of really great experiences with ensembles around Boston. I do find that the Boston um, classical music circle is very insular. So you end up working with a lot of the same people um, and meet a lot of the same directors, uh, you know, through different companies. Um, but a, one of my favorite companies to be involved with is Odyssey Opera. I'm actually still involved in Odyssey Opera and I have had some of the most fun 
experiences on stage in Odyssey uh, because they perform really obscure operas that are underperformed. And so every time I would get a contract for a job, I would be like, well, I've never heard of this show <laughs> at all. And I would have to look it up. And um, some of these gems are just underperformed for a reason I don't know. Um, and some of them are like generally like not super amazing, but you have to make the performance amazing in order to make the <laughs> show shine. Um, but, but a lot of them are, are really special little gems that just don't get enough attention. And I have had the most fun working with Odyssey. I sang with cantata singers for a long time and performed some really great uh, performances at Jordan Hall, which is a really beautiful performance hall that's owned by New England Conservatory that if you've ever been on that Jordan Hall stage, you know that it is really beautiful and special and the acoustics in there are just amazing. I have been super sad to be not doing any of that stuff during the pandemic in performance halls. But ironically, I have been able to do a couple of gigs uh, from my closet uh, and made recordings oh, cool. for people. Yeah. So uh, it hasn't been entirely dry, but it's been, you know, a lot of cancellations and stuff during the pandemic, which has been super sad for um, a lot of us. But we're still holding on a little bit to that, <laughs> to the hope that it will be much safer to sing soon. And we'll be back on the stage, hopefully. I don't know, yeah, next fall, really hopefully. <laughs> I hope yeah, so. hopefully next fall. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one thing I've um, looked into is actually some virtual performances, because I love seeing theater and um, plays and music. And to not be able to do this at this time, you could still kind of have a different type of experience right. uh, virtually. And yeah, that's been um, something that I've I've been exploring. Also, it's 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 definitely a different animal though, because there's there's the the audience that wants to come to the the live performances does is going to show up for that virtual performance. I feel like in a, a fraction of a percentage, so it's sure. it's become really challenging for um, companies to try and pivot that way. Um, but I do appreciate that it's out there, and and you know, it's I. I have a little bit of hope that it might become more popular in the future. Yeah. And I have to say the magic about live performances is just the acoustics or just mm -hmm. being in an audience and seeing performers on stage or even for you, I'm sure you get a lot out of um, the audience being uh, where they are when you're on stage. Um, that aspect I think is missing with the virtual. Absolutely. It's kind of like um, a Kendall book in comparison to a real book. And there, you know, there are real reasons that people still buy real books occasionally. You know, it's, it's, really? it's something very special about the the tactile feeling of paper. And um, it's, you know, it's just a different experience. Absolutely. Yeah. No, one thing I wanted to ask you, Kay, is with the holidays coming, do you um do you do any like gift certificates? Is that something available if let's say you want to gift somebody an experience of having their place organized? I have in the past. I have in the past, but I, I find that um I find well, I, I always want to make sure that clients are not arbitrarily given a gift of an organizer. <laughs> That's <laughs> something that they've been um, wanting or expecting um, because the, the last thing I want to be to someone is like a surprise um, to, you know, because yeah. it's uh, be getting organized is a little bit like uh, breaking a bad habit and you can only do that when you're ready, you know, so um, sure, I always yeah. want to make sure that the gift giver 
um, is very in touch with the 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 recipient and and it's unexpected gift rather than like a surprise sick them on your closet and all their stuff's gone and then they they cry so <laughs> exactly. um, but not this year since it's um it's been pretty uh I, everything's been pretty virtual I kind of uh have been laying low a little bit yeah and and I I guess um is the experience different uh when people work with you virtually or is it um it is. It is. It's um I I I have to say it's not as fun because I like to be <laughs> I like to be with people and I like to, you know, sort of get in there with my with my hands and and stuff. Um but it is it is a different experience for the client. It's a lot of a it's you know because there's a lot more accountability that is on the client if I am not there. Um, and, you know, and occasionally I will be on the voice chat with them and say, you know, please, you know, you don't need that, throw that in the pile, you know, don't keep that. And that, you know, that's, that is actually where the, the yeah. fun is. Um, but some, you know, a lot of the virtual organizing is, is, is dependent on the client for, you know, holding themselves accountable and it can be very challenging. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And then is there anything else that you want to share with us that I didn't ask you? Um, anything else that I wanted to share? I don't think so. I feel like um, a, a lot of people are at home right now and they're looking at their homes and a lot, I know that a lot of people are organizing their homes, um, but I also know that a lot of people are not uh, because either they are having a really hard time emotionally with what's going on or it's becoming very intimidating and i want to say to those people to give yourself a little bit of grace you don't have to be home like baking bread the perfect loaf of bread and and organizing your closet you know because we're all dealing with this um situation a little differently um and so it is totally okay to ask for help or to just not organize at all um during this time but once you decide to get out there and uh organize uh it's okay to ask for help even from a relative or friend um and to start small don't uh think you're going to do the, your entire house or entire apartment in a day or so it takes time and it's not a super easy process but very satisfying once you get to where you want to get and your whole process organizing is to solve a problem. And so once you get to solving problems, then you can make real progress instead of just trying to get it make pretty. Uh, no, sorry, just trying to make it look pretty. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. And one thing, when you said it's a habit, I think that's so key where you just have to get into the habit of maybe doing a little bit every mm -hmm. day just to get Yeah, there. there's definitely a lot of, I, I like to say that organization is about uh, 80% habits and 20% uh, you know, order. So as long as you can get into great habits, you can probably maintain a system that you've set up for yourself. And um, I always like to tell people to set up a system that is easy for you to maintain that you're going to do every day. And it's going to be easy for you and everyone in your family to do so that that way it's, you know, you, you, you can hold yourself accountable for like, you know, not putting your code on a hook because you made the easiest choice. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And 
if we have more questions, what's the best way we can get in touch with you? You can email me at k at theorganizedsoprano.com. I'm also on Instagram and on Twitter. So you can slide up in my DMs if you prefer. <laughs> I uh, Sometimes I take a few days to get back to you, but I will definitely um, answer the DMs. Uh, the fastest way to get to me is email, or you can just hit me up in the comments of my YouTube channel. Great. Thank you so much, Kay. I really appreciate your Thank time. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks so much for listening. I definitely encourage you to check out Kay's YouTube channel called The Organized Soprano. She also has a website called theorganizedsoprano.com. Take care. Musical credits go to Purple Planet and the track is Feeling Good.